Hey guys, welcome to the first po- episode of It's Always Time for Harry Potter, the podcast that fulfills all your Harry Potter needs. If you can guess who my favorite Harry Potter character is based on the clue I left in the title, um, leave a comment in the comment section below and uh, let me know who and uh, let me know who you think it is, and I will review it, reveal it in about ten seconds. Alright, we're moving on. So, before I wanted to start today, I wanted to, uh, like, um, tell you a little bit about myself. So, my name is Jay Auerhan. I am the one and only host for It's Always Time for Harry Potter. And I have been a, I have been a, uh, diehard Harry Potter fan for the last five or six years, and I absolutely love it. Harry Potter is an amazing series, a book series, and a movie series. I personally like the books a lot better, just because it goes into a little bit more character development, and it also has a lot more uh, plot to it, so to speak, uh, than, uh, than, the, than the movies do. I'm going to show one example of that. In, the, in Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince, we see a lot of we see a lot more of the memories and trying to figure out Voldemort's past to figure out how to destroy him. Um, but in the in the movies, all we see is a huge love drama with a couple of memories and then a and then a quick a quick um, a quick uh, plot of finding Horcruxes at the end, which turns out to be a fake, as you all know. I, my, uh, my favorite character, as I said before, is Severus Snape. I love him beyond, uh, before any other Harry Potter character, just because his, his character is so complex, and it's so interesting to read about and learn from. Um, he is a triple agent, as many of you know, and I'm assuming you guys all know Harry Potter, because you saw the title of this, uh, of this, uh, podcast and you knew that it was going to be about Harry, about Harry Potter. So I'm not going to give a spoiler warning. I'm just going to say if you're listening to this, I'm going to assume you know about Harry Potter. Um and the other reason why I love why I love S- Severus Snape is because him his and Harry's relationship, it just it just like it adds a whole other layer to the series because we see that Harry has the Hatred of Severus Snape, and then after his death, and then after his death, the love of Severus Snape from his father and his mother. In as much, we see that Severus Snape has the love of Harry Potter from Harry's mother, and the hatred of Harry from his father. Both very, uh, both Harry and his father were very arrogant people. But on the flip side, both Harry and his mother were both uh, are uh, loving people. So, I do have a little collection of Harry Potter merchandise in my room that I'm recording in currently. I have a miniature Quidditch uh, ball set uh, with a secret compartment that reveals a poster on the bottom that I got from Barnes & Nobles. I have all seven, I have all eight Harry Potter discs as well as all seven Harry Potter movies with the slight addition of The Cursed Child and an extra copy of The Deathly Hallows. 
I also have a Noble Collection Severus Snape wand because he is my favorite character. I am planning to get a Sirius Black uh, Noble Collection wand because he is my second favorite character. And I also have a Lego set of the Great Hall of Hogwarts. Um, so that's pretty- oh, I forget, almost forgot. Um, I'm also a diehard, very loyal Hufflepuff. Um, I took the sorting hat quiz about two years ago. I have not checked back since because I do not want to switch houses. I quite, I quite like the, uh, underdogness of the Hufflepuffs. I like their hard-working ethics, I like their loyalty, I like their consistency, I've also read quite a bit about their, uh, common room, which seems, which I've read is, uh, very bright, is very flowery, is hidden to most people, and that's, and I love, I love that about it. I also love that there aren't really many mentionable Harry Potter characters who are in Hufflepuff in the Harry Potter series are the Cedric Diggory and Nymphador Tonks. However, there's still the greatness about Hufflepuffs that keeps them rolling, keeps them proud, even though they might not have much to be proud about in the Harry Potter series. Um, I also forgot to mention Ernie McMillan. I also love uh, that um, the... Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them series, the the uh, uh, prequel to the Harry Potter series, is based around a Hufflepuff, who is another famous Hufflepuff. And the last thing I love about Hufflepuffs is that we have had very, very, very few um, dark wizards who came from Hufflepuff as opposed to uh, as opposed to Gryffindor, who have Peter Pettigrew, of course, who turned out to be dark. And we also have, uh, some, some, uh, dark wizard Ravenclaws, such as Quirinus Quirrell. And, of course, we have the many Slytherin dark wizards, such as the many Death Eaters and Voldemort himself. And potentially Salazar Slytherin, depending on how you think. Um... So, yeah, that's pretty much it. Oh, also, uh, make sure to leave in the comment section below what house you're in, and if you, and if, like, you're happy with that house, like, what makes you feel happy to ha be in that house? So, I am going to go on with today's video. Today's topic is the first chapter of Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone, labeled The Boy Who Lived. Um, first I'm going to summarize the chapter. The book starts with a muggle family by the name of Dursley, which includes a mother, a father, and a son, and a son named Dudley. They're hiding their mysterious relation, their relationship with a mysterious family called the Potters. The relationship there is that Mrs. Dursley is sisters with Mrs. Potter. While driving to work, Vernon Dursley thinks he sees a cat reading a map, which is very peculiar. Um, uh, but he realizes how crazy it sounds and ignores it. Almost at work, Vernon bu sees bunches of people in cloaks roaming the streets, which to him is peculiar. Again, very peculiar and very strange things happening today. 
These people are talking about the Potters, and Vernon tries to convince himself that it's not the one he's related to. Because the, the Dursleys, which I did not mention earlier, but I'm going to mention now, are a very normal family. They're very strict on being normal, and they do not like when abnormal things happen. They find it to be peculiar, and they find it to be bad. Um, continuing. At work, Vernon decides not to look out the window, and this was a very good idea, I think, because, um, if he looked out the window, he would have seen a crap load of owls flying past, and that might have given him a heart attack, again, because he does not like things that are peculiar. Um, and especially a giant flock of owls flying past, I mean, you don't see that every day, so that definitely would have given him quite a shock. After work, Vernon runs into a man in a velvet cloak who says Voldemort is dead and calls Vernon a muggle. At home, Vernon asks his wife about the Potters. However, she has not heard from them in, in quite a while, so they all go to bed. Uh, while the Dursleys are sleeping, uh, while the, while, as Ver Uncle Vernon tries, as Vernon tries to go to bed, he... Uh, looks back at the day, and he thinks about all the peculiar things that happen, and then finally does go to bed. The human-like cat from earlier is now on Privet Drive. Now Albus Dumbledore arrives and puts out all the lights with his, with his deluminator. He walks over to the cat, who now has returned to being Professor McGonagall, and talks with her. This conversation between Dumbledore and McGonagall consists of Dumbledore confirming several questions about Harry Potter stopping Lord Voldemort that are asked by uh, Professor McGonagall, as well as McGonagall saying that she said that she does not like the way that wizards are behaving because she thinks it's going to risk exposure and that they're acting too, um, shall we say, irresponsible with. Shooting with uh, sparks flying into the sky and owls roaming everywhere and uh, people in cloaks roaming the street. I mean, somebody's got to figure this out, am I right? So... Then Hagrid comes with baby Harry as he will be leaving with- as he will be living with the Dursleys. Um, at this point, Professor McGonagall says that she does not approve of this because she's been watching the Dursleys all day, specifically Mr. Dursley, and... And she thinks that they are the worst type of ma uh, uh, muggles imaginable, and that Harry Potter should not live with these people. Um, and yes, I am sort of quoting this word for word from the movie and the book at the same time. Um, the, uh, Dumbledore says that he has to live here because, uh, because... Um, the Dursleys are the only family that Harry has at the moment, because his parents have just died, and that is not in the chapter, but we will learn that later. Um, then, uh, Dumbledore talks about how, about how, uh, uh, Hagrid is late with the baby, and Hagrid comes on his motorbike and delivers to Harry, uh, baby Harry. They all cry but leave him on, uh, dur on the Dursley's doorstep and leave. The chapter ends by saying what a special baby Harry Potter is and how famous he will be in the wizarding world. And this last part is actually one of the reasons why Dumbledore wants Harry to be living with muggles. Because he doesn't want Harry to be growing up with all this, oh, he's so famous and... He's amazing because Dumbledore doesn't because Dumbledore wants Harry to grow up away from all of this. 
he wants uh, Harry to have a normal life until he's ready to go to Hogwarts. Now um, I'm going to get into some th some uh, things that I noticed in this in this chapter. First of all, I wanted to point out that Harry Potter and, the and that the Boy Who Lives starts out with the Muggle point of view. I actually quite enjoyed this um, because, as opposed to jumping right into the as opposed to jumping right into a wizard point of view, which is going to be what practically the rest of the series is. Aside from the parts with the Dursleys, uh, we actually do get to see a little bit of how a muggle perceives all this wizarding stuff and how strange it is to him. And I quite enjoy that because we don't get to see that too often in the in the Harry Potter series. Also, I wanted to point out that while many people, a lot of people don't know this. The first mention of Sirius Black is actually in this chapter right here because Hagrid talks about borrowing, uh, borrowing a uh, motorbike from Sirius Black, and I also like this because it shows that Sirius Black was Sirius Black was in this whole thing from the beginning, right? He, uh, by extension, lends lends them, uh, Hagrid his motorbike and by extension is there with Harry the entire time uh, all the way through the entire series uh, where he is still alive and then after he's dead uh, he is still with Harry with um, well Hagrid takes Harry to the into the uh, Weasleys in Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows on the motorbike and yeah I just really I just really like that that whole uh, that whole, uh, what do you call it? That whole feeling that uh, Sirius Black was be was with Harry and supporting Harry through everything he did, and I really think that's an incredible way to start off the series. Um, I'd also like to mention that, uh, as I said before, Hagrid brings baby Harry to into the Dursleys, and this is very important because it's first of all it sets up w how important of a character Hagrid is going to be for the rest of the series. We see that he starts out with the noble act of bringing Harry safely to to the uh, to the Dursleys from Godric's Hollow and the and the uh, destroyed debris of the Potter's house in God in Godric's Hollow. And he follows him throughout the entire series, and finally carries Harry, uh, who he thinks is dead in the Deathly Hallows, uh, back to Hogwarts, and then saves the day. Um, Harry saves the day, of course. Uh, I also wanted to bring up that this is the beginning of the series. This this chapter sets the say sets this the stage for. The for the rest of this this chapter sets this sets this the stage for the rest of the series, and I think that J.K. Rowling did a wonderful job of uh, showing how the rest of the series is going to turn out in this uh, in this uh, uh, chapter uh, in, in both the writing style, which I think is incredible, and also and also the foreshadowing which we do see in this chapter, as well as the the way that she tells the story is so fantastic. Um, yeah, I think I think that's it for uh, th for this uh, for this episode. Um, 
So I just wanted I wanted to ask you guys. Uh, I don't, as you probably noticed, I don't have any intro music for today's episode. If you do have suggestions for what the intro music should be, or if you think I should have background music in this in this uh, podcast, then please let me know in the comment section, or uh, in the comment section, leave a voice message so that I can play it during the next episode, and we can all hear your suggestions. I'd also like you guys to rate and review this podcast. Um, now that's very important for uh, how, for the podcast growing and getting more listeners. And speaking of getting more listeners, um, also please remember to spread the word about it's always time for Harry Potter. Um, that would also be a great help because then that we can get a larger community. We can all get to know each other, and we can and you can uh, all listen into this podcast. So I'd like to end off. Th- I'd like to end off this episode by saying I'll see you next time on It's Always Time for Harry Potter, and the next episode is going to be whenever I finish reading the next chapter and come up with a couple of topic talking points. So I will see you next time. Bye.